You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. When The Godfather premiered in 1972, its depiction of the American mafia both stunned and fascinated audiences who'd never seen anything quite like it ever before. A commercial and critical smash, the film went on to win three Oscars, including Best Picture and Best Actor for Marlon Brando, who played the film's iconic mob boss Don Vito Corleone. What most audiences probably didn't realize at the time was that Don Corleone was much more than just a fictional creation. In fact, Corleone was inspired by a number of real-life crime bosses whose real stories were far more dramatic than anything that could ever be put on screen. More than any other single figure, Corleone bears a striking resemblance to New York kingpin Frank Costello, as well as fellow bosses Joe Perfacci and Carlo Gambino. What's more, The Godfather weaves together several plot lines that mirror real-life events in the largely hidden history of the American Mafia, though Mario Puzo, the author of the book on which the movie is based, claimed to have never met a single gangster, he succeeded in building an intensely detailed world inspired by actual people and events. Yet, of all the beloved characters in The Godfather, no one left quite the same impression as Don Corleone. And surprising though it may be, this larger-than-life character was based in reality in more ways than one. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're digging into the real-life inspirations behind Don Corleone and The Godfather. Mario Puzo, the author of the 1969 bestseller The Godfather, claims that he wrote the book without ever meeting anyone in the mafia. He said, quote, I'm ashamed to admit that I wrote The Godfather entirely from research. I never met a real, honest-to-God gangster. I knew the gambling world pretty good, but that's all, unquote. Indeed, Puzo conducted some of his research by hanging around the roulette tables in Las Vegas, where he liked to gamble firing questions at the pit bosses. Meanwhile, other aspects of his novel are drawn from his experience of growing up as an Italian-American in New York City. And though it's unclear how intentional it was, there is one real-life gangster whose story bears an uncanny resemblance to that of Puzo's central creation, Don Vito Corleone, and that's Frank Costello. Like Corleone, Costello was born in Italy in 1891. The two men then made their way to America, Costello immigrated with his family, Corleone had to flee a mobster who killed his father, where they both started their lives making an honest living, working in grocery stores. Both also changed their name. Costello changed his surname from Castiglia to the more Americanized Costello. 
Don Corleone lost his surname, Andalini, when an official at Ellis Island recorded instead as Corleone the place of his birth. And once ashore in the United States, both men eventually drifted toward a life of crime. Costello and Corleone each started as thieves who rose through the ranks of the mafia. For Corleone, seizing power took eliminating a neighborhood boss. Costello's rise took patience, luck, and strategic allegiances. In this way, too, the two men seemed to overlap. Corleone's crime empire is based on careful relationships that he builds with politicians and police officers. Costello likewise made alliances with fellow mobsters and government officials. He even helped muster support for Franklin Delano Roosevelt's nomination to the presidency of the 1932 Democratic Convention in Chicago, which Costello and other mafia members attended alongside political players from Tammany Hall. Throughout, both Costello and Corleone consciously sought to embody and project respectability, which is perhaps surprising given how they built their fortunes. Costello, for example, never even carried a gun and was known as the quote-unquote prime minister of the mob. But just because they personally avoided violence as much as possible doesn't mean they weren't victims of it, and in strikingly similar ways. Both men miraculously survived gunshots sustained during close-range assassination attempts carried out by rival mobsters on the streets of New York. A power struggle within his own family prompted an attempt on Costello's life in 1957, in which he was shot in the head but was fortunate enough to have the bullet only graze his scalp, while Don Corleone took several bullets and still managed to live. After both men survived their brushes with death, they largely ceded power to the next generation and took on a more of an advisory role in their later years. And in the end, both men met the same fate, a rare one for a crime boss, dying in old age of heart attacks suffered at their own homes. The similarities in their stories aside, it's since become well known that Marlon Brando, while preparing for his portrayal of Corleone, intensely studied tapes of Costello speaking at a Senate hearing. All but imitating Costello's voice, Brando developed a throaty half-whisper that everyone associates with Don Corleone to this day. Have you ever used the name Castiglia? Well, that's, uh, uh, have I ever used it? Yeah. Not since I've been in America. Did you use it before now. you came to America? Well, I couldn't have used it. I was only two years old. What have you ever done for your country as a good citizen? Well, I don't know what you claim, what I, what, what you mean by that. Well, you're looking back over the well, years uh, now to that time when you became a citizen. I mean, now standing 20 odd years after that. You must have in your mind some things you've done that you can speak of to your credit as an American citizen. If so, what are they? Paid my tax. <laughs> However, the character of Don Corleone was likely drawn from more than one place, and there are a handful of other powerful mobsters whose lives also seemed to have informed Puzo's book. Though Frank Costello is often considered the primary inspiration for Don Corleone, a number of other mob bosses seem to have informed the character as well, including Joe Perfacci and Carlo Gambino. 
Like Don Corleone, Joe Perfacci operated a successful olive oil business, which he used as a legitimate front for his more shadowy operations. But though Perfacci became a powerful boss in New York City, he lacked Corleone's cool control over his subordinates. In fact, Perfacci's insistence on making members of his family pay him a monthly fee, which he largely kept for himself, led to a gang war that only ended when Perfacci died of liver cancer in 1962. That gang war, largely between Perfacci and the Gallo brothers, is echoed in The Godfather 2's conflicts between the Rosado brothers and the character of Frank Pantangeli. Another mafia boss who bears some resemblance to Don Corleone is Carlo Gambino, the one-time boss and namesake of the infamous Gambino crime family. Both men were outwardly quiet, polite, and cool, and each possessed an inner brutality that allowed them to control their empires and triumph over their enemies. What's more, Don Corleone's life outside the mafia seems to echo Gambino's. Both had three sons and one daughter, and both died in a similar fashion. Unlike many of their peers, save for Costello, Corleone and Gambino died at home. Corleone of a heart attack, Gambino of natural causes following a history of heart disease. And so when it comes to Don Corleone, it's likely that the fictional mobster is some combination of Costello, Perfacci, and Gambino. Mafia historian Anthony M. DiStefano said as much, explaining that while Puzo never identified a single crime boss as his inspiration for Don Corleone, quote, those are the three mafia leaders who inspired and contributed to the characterization of Don Corleone. It's a blend of all three, unquote. But the Godfather films depict the world of the mafia in ways that go beyond the character of Don Corleone alone. showdowns to lesser-known moments, The Godfather borrowed frequently from real-life mafia history. Take the character of Johnny Fontaine. In The Godfather, he's a down-on-his-luck crooner looking to regain his past stardom. Don Corleone helps him by getting him out of a restrictive contract with a band leader. That's where the famous line about making an offer you can't refuse comes from, and then by dropping a horse's head in the bed of a movie producer who refuses to cast Fontaine in his film. The character of Fontaine, according to both Mario Puzo and Frank Sinatra, is based on Frank Sinatra. Puzo admitted he came up with the storyline after reading about Sinatra's difficulty in getting out of a band contract, only alleviated in the end with the help of his friends in the mob. Puzo said, quote, I think I just picked it up from one of those gossip columns. I constructed a persona based on Sinatra's legend. I made up the line, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse, unquote. What's more, it's long been rumored that Sinatra, like Fontaine, relied on his mob connections to get a critical part in a movie he believed would reignite his stardom, 1953's From Here to Eternity, after a few years on the decline. Sinatra certainly noticed the parallels between Fontaine's life and his own. When he attended the same party as Puzo, he refused to meet him, and when they did cross paths, Old Blue Eyes berated the writer, calling him a quote-unquote pimp and telling him to quote-unquote go choke. And it wasn't just Sinatra that was upset. 
the Godfather's direct allusions to real-life events upset some in the mafia itself. During filming, mobsters harassed producer Al Rudy and even made threatening phone calls to Paramount executive Robert Evans. Things grew so tense that Rudy even called a meeting with New York mob boss Joe Colombo, who agreed to back off if Rudy promised to keep the word mafia out of the movie entirely. Surprisingly, this was easy for Rudy to do. The word was only mentioned once in the entire script. Perhaps that's because The Godfather is more than a mafia movie. The character of Don Corleone may be drawn from real-life mobsters, and the plot may be full of real moments in mafia history. But the story and the character of Don Corleone captivated film audiences because they captured something about humanity, about the rules we make for ourselves and those we rely on to enforce them, ideas of respect, power, and punishment, and, of course, the dynamics of belonging to a family, by blood or otherwise. Indeed, Mario Puzo says that he drew much of his inspiration from his own childhood in New York, from the quote-unquote local guy of respect who convinced their landlord to let them keep their dog, to the time that his mother held a gun for a neighbor fleeing the police. And despite the speculation about which mobster inspired the character of Don Corleone, Puzo himself says that he came up with the character in part by focusing on someone with more humble origins, his Italian-born mother who raised him and his siblings on her own. He said, quote, like the Don, she could be extremely warm and extremely ruthless, unquote. Whenever he heard Marlon Brando's whispery voice as Don Corleone, Puzo says he couldn't help but think of his mother. In the end, no matter his real-life inspirations, perhaps Corleone resonates as one of the most celebrated characters in the history of American cinema because his origins are recognizable to everyone. Ultimately, this fearsome mob boss is simply the head of a family. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring.